Lord, we just thank you and praise you for this time together. And uh, Lord, I just thank you that you fill my heart with love for these people. Lord, let it uh, let me care about them. Let me care about their future. Let me care about their present. <clears throat> care about them individually and their families. Lord God, I thank you. There's so much more than just names. So much more than just profile pictures. So much more than just comments. Lord, they represent lives. Um, you gave your life for them, Lord, and I thank you that I treat them and teach them with the same um, gravity and worth that you place upon them, Lord. And I just thank you that you fill my heart with love. Spirit of God, we recognize you as the teacher. We thank you for that. Give us a word in this season. We thank you for that. <clears throat> let not people's hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Lord, I thank you that peace rules and reigns in people's hearts. So, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And so, um, what I want to talk about uh, tonight, and I uh, I just, you know, we, in this world, we have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of different challenges that we face. We have a lot of different battles, um, <clears throat> a lot of different things that, you know, challenge us and that we deal with. And, um, you know, I think the, the external battles um, are pretty obvious, you know, an unexpected bill, uh, attack on your, your, your physical body, you know, symptoms, um, you know, fear, you know, uh, you know, just, you know, flat tire, <clears throat> just challenges. Life has, it's filled with challenges, you know. Um, we, we live in a world that, that is fallen, and we live in a world where free, freedom of choice um, sets the stage for beautiful things to happen and sets the stage for challenging things to happen, you know. Jesus said, you know, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. But he also said, in this world you will have tribulation. So there are going to be challenges. There are going to be uh, situations and circumstances that we face. <clears throat> and um, that's that's just a part of, of being down here on earth. But I don't actually want to talk so much about the external challenges as I want to talk about the internal challenges. Um, now, but before I step over into that, I do also want to say that um, – you know, and of course, the title here is Knowing the Battlefield. Um, it, it's important to understand that, that Jesus conquered the enemy. You know, uh, 2,000 years ago, uh, heaven's victory was final. You know, uh, Jesus, you know, literally stripped the enemy, stripped him of all power, all might, all authority. And um, the, the cross and the resurrection was, a, was an ultimate victory. And so <clears throat> any battle that, that we face as believers um, we're, we're facing it from the standpoint of standing in the winner's circle. And so anytime, you know, we make a decision, you know, to fight the good fight of faith, we're fighting it from the standpoint of an already present victory. We are fighting from victory. We're not fighting for victory. And when you understand that, that's going to cut out a lot of, um, of spiritual warfare teaching uh, that really just wears people out in places of focus on the devil. You know, your focus should never be on the devil. Your focus should never be on the enemy. Your focus should be on the Lord. Um, he should be your, he should fill up your gaze. He should fill up your thoughts and your mind. Now, there is an enemy. <clears throat> the Bible says that we're not to be ignorant of his devices. And so we, there is, you know, an awareness of an enemy, and there are times when we need to take authority, and there are times when we need to take a stand. But ultimately, we are standing or fighting against a defeated foe, and it's very important to understand that you're fighting from a place of victory, you're not fighting for victory. Now, that, that statement is for people who are believers. Now, if you haven't received Jesus as Lord and Savior, there, there is a 
there's a war for your soul, so to speak. You know, the enemy doesn't want you to receive Jesus. He wants to keep your mind uh, blinded. He wants to keep your mind clouded. He wants to keep you away from the truth of how much God loves you and how good God actually is. And so um, if, if you've not received Jesus, then, then you're not really standing in the winner's circle yet. You're invited into the winner's circle, but you're not standing there. And so, you know, I can remember before I was saved, um, and I didn't know the Lord. I mean, uh, right after I got out of high school, <clears throat> there was just a pretty intense battle um, in my life. And I could feel, uh, you know, I, I could look back and see where the enemy was trying to influence me. And I could also see where the Lord uh, was trying to influence me. And so because, you know, the ultimate and greatest victory is that, you know, someone would receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, that they would be born again name would be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so that's that's the ultimate victory. Um, and so, but that that victory is for people who have received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Jesus already won. He already won the race. He already conquered the enemy. And as we receive Jesus and we step into Christ, we get to enjoy that same victory. So really I'm addressing this more to believers, but I just want to share that in case there's someone who watches this and they haven't received Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's very easy to do. Just believe that he's the Son of God. Believe that he died for your sins. Believe that he was raised again from the dead. And uh, then call upon the name of the Lord. You know, you humble yourself at the cross and receive Jesus as Savior. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you're watching this, you've not received Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's very easy to do. You don't have to be in a church service to do it. Um, it's not a morality quiz. It's not a ladder you climb. Jesus, he is a gift. He is, he is the gift of salvation. So... Easy to do. Just receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. You don't have to be perfect in order to get to heaven, but you do have to be perfectly forgiven. And that perfect forgiveness is supplied to you through the finished work of the cross. Your part's just to believe and receive an already present grace, an already present gift. And so um, <clears throat> that is a different type of battle for people who have not received Jesus as Savior. But what I'm specifically talking about is people who are born again, people who have received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Um, you, you're in a place of victory. You're standing upon grace ground. And uh, so that's a good thing. And uh, you want what we want to do is we want to fight from a place of victory. Now, there's still elements of battle. And we're going to talk about that today. You know, uh, Paul talked about fighting the good fight of faith. And so there is still a, a battle. You know, Paul says, you know, I, I um, you know, I, I, you know, I train myself not as one that just, you know, beats the air. You know, I, I uh, become skillful. Uh, in righteousness, and I get good at uh, taking care of and defeating the lies of the enemy. Another one of the examples that he gives, you know, concerning spiritual warfare is he gives, you know, he gives the armor of God, you know, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the um, shield of faith, the, you know, the belt of truth, the feet shot, the preparation of gospel of peace. These are all elements of battle, elements of war, and um, so there's still a fight, but um, it, it's not a fight for victory, it's a fight from victory. And, you know, when I began the broadcast, you know, I started talking about, you know, we have a lot of battles. There are external battles, challenges we face externally. But I specifically want to talk about what goes on on the inside of us because um, that is that is um, really, you know, and, and you can't say it any better than this, but the battlefield is the mind. You know, it, it's, it's your, that is your battlefield. The battle is settled in heaven. You've received Jesus as Lord and Savior. The battle is settled in your spirit. And so uh, this, this is where... Uh, this is where the battle happens, and it, it happens in our emotions, happens in our thoughts. Uh, those are the two primary 
ways that the enemy tries to attack. And I just want to read a passage of scripture here, uh, which will, will give us a little bit of uh, just understanding about this and uh, just add a little bit of um, beauty to what we're talking about. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. <clears throat> so, um, fiery trial here, you know, don't think it's strange. So one of the one of the important things to do immediately is when you're going through a battle, and I'm talking about this battle that happens in our minds. I'm talking about our thoughts, and I'm talking about our emotions. Uh, you know, the enemy has the ability to, to shoot something called a, you know, the fiery dart. And basically what it is, is it's just a lie of the enemy, but it comes in the form of a thought process. You ever had a time when, uh, you know, you were just really attacked by fear, you know, and you just all of a sudden fear just overshadows you and, you know, illogical fear, you know, just fear like, oh my gosh, you know, uh, you know, going to die in a car crash or, oh my gosh, I'm about to fall or, oh my God, you know, all of these things. Well, the enemy, you know, it's called the fiery darts of the wicked one. And uh, he has the ability to try to shoot that into your thought process. And um, during that period of time, you know, it's important not to not to not to accept that and to receive that and to meditate upon that and uh, you know what what meditation is in reverse is it's just worry you know God's never called you to worry God's never called you to live in fear 365 times in the Bible it says uh, fear not and so uh, we need to learn how to combat those thoughts and then a lot of times with those thoughts they also bring emotions or feelings. And uh, those emotions can be very real. I don't know if you ever had a time where you just woke up, you know, one day maybe went to bed and everything was great. <clears throat> Next day you woke up and immediately, you know, just uh, feelings of despair, feelings of depression, uh, feelings of anger, feelings of fear try to crowd you and overwhelm uh, your emotions. Now, uh, you know, there is an element of, of uh, all of those things that I described just here on this planet, you know, just the, the emotions and fear and worry and concern. But there's also an element where there's just, there's an attack of the enemy. And uh, I'll read you another passage of scripture here. And um, it, it, uh, it also brings clarity to what I'm talking about here. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. And so, you know, the enemy, he's, he's going about, you know, he's trying to trying to find and trying to seek who, who he can devour, you know, and, and he is a, you know, is a predator. And um, and I think it's interesting that, that both of these passages, uh, they're, they're, you know, it says, you know, knowing that the same things are happening to other people. And then the other passage says, don't think this is such some strange thing that's happened to you. And, and what that does is the enemy is always trying to isolate you, always trying to make you alone, bring you into a place of just being alone. You know, I'm the only one that's going through this. I'm the only one that feels this way. You know, and, you know, the way a predator successfully attacks a herd is he separates the sheep away from the herd, their strength in the herd, their strength, um, you know, with, around the other sheep. And so he's always that predator, that wolf, he's always trying to separate. And when he separates and gets the sheep alone, that's when he can attack, that's when he can devour. And it's the same thing in the body of Christ. The enemy's always trying to get people offended, always trying to get people upset, 
always trying to pull people out of community so that they don't have uh, fellowship with other believers. They don't have that sense of accountability. They don't have that, that sense of camaraderie and fellowship. He's always trying to isolate because in isolation, that's where the enemy does his greatest work. You know, people that go crazy, people, uh, you know, people that, you know, do the, you know, the shootings and school shootings and things. And these people are uh, severely isolated people. And uh, it's not good. Bible says it's not good for man to dwell alone. It's not good for people to be alone. You're called to community. You're called to the body of Christ. And I know there are a lot of believers who, you know, they're just pretty down on the local church because they've been hurt or they've been uh, abused. And uh, as a result of that, they just want to throw the entire local church away. And I just want to encourage you that, that God has encouraged all of us uh, to, to come together, you know, to be a part of an ecclesia and to have fellowship, to have community. It's one of the healthiest things that you can do. And, you know, and I understand that everybody has that, certainly the times that we're living in. And, you know, online will present a sense of community. I see some of you guys saying hi to each other. You guys have developed relationship and, and develop a, you know, a sense of community. And I think online is probably a surrogate for actually having an opportunity to be around people. But if it's all that you have, <clears throat> then by all means take advantage of it <clears throat> because you're not you're not called to be an island. You're not <clears throat> excuse me. You're not called to be alone. You're called to have fellowship. You're called to be in, in a part of a community. And the enemy's always trying to attack that. He's always trying to bring a sense of separation or a sense of loneliness. You know, and if you're a part of a community, there are challenges in being a part of a church community. Some people will, you know may get on your nerves. Some people may say something offensive. Some people may say something ugly. And as a result of that. Um, you know, it can make you think, man, it's just not even worth going, you know, but, but I really, I want to encourage you, you know, Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves so much more as you see the day approaching. And there is a blessing in community. You need each other. And, and both of these attacks that I just referenced here by the enemy are both times when the enemy tries to make you feel like you're alone. This is only happening to you. And also to try to, to separate you, uh, from other people around you. It says he goes about, as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and um, knowing that the same things are happening to your brother in the world. And so when, when a battle hits, when the battle rages, when your emotions are going crazy, when your thoughts are going crazy, a couple things it says, know that you're not alone and, and know it's happening to other people as well. And, and uh, because we, because just understanding that alone will help you to step outside of the battle and recognize this isn't just about me. Um, this is just the enemy trying to do what he does, and it's not just me by myself. Other people are experiencing the same things. And so, um, and, and once again, it's important to know know the battlefield, knowing that that battlefield is your mind, your mind, uh, your will, and your, your emotions. And so when your emotions are going crazy, and when your thoughts are going crazy, it, you, you know, it don't, it's not, a lot of times it's not you, it's that the enemy's trying to attack you and trying to come against the progress that, that you have made. Now, I don't say all these things to make you devil conscious. It's very important not to live your life devil conscious, devil this, devil that, devil this. There's a devil under the bush. There's a devil over there. That's Man, that is just not, it's not a healthy way to live. You should be Jesus conscious. Your focus should be on Jesus. And then when the enemy comes, you just pop him and, and, and just move forward in, in your life. And, and, you know, you release the authority that's been given to you. We have the ability to bind, the ability to loose. But, but a big portion of the battle is just knowing that your feelings don't define you. Your thoughts don't define you. That's, that's huge. And that's important because if you don't understand that, 
And when the enemy comes, you can think all of these things are, are you, you know, and they're actually not you. It's just the enemy trying to come against you. You know, we, we, we had kind of a day like that at church yesterday. You know, the, the atmosphere was, was messed up, you know, and I, I just had a knowing it was going to be like that. You know, the enemy comes to steal the word. He comes to steal the word. He tries to keep people from coming to church, tries to keep people from watching church. Um, he, he tries to, you know, persecute people so that they'll, they'll get offended at the promises of God. He's always trying to steal the word. He's always trying to pull the word out of people's hearts and out of people's lives. Because it's truth that brings freedom. And if we let go of truth, then we let go of freedom. And then we start to believe the lie. And then we actually can experience extreme bondage, even as a Christian, even as a believer. It is the truth that's actually going to set you free. <clears throat> and so when your emotions are going crazy, when your thoughts are going crazy, it's important to understand you may be experiencing a battle. Now, when that happens, the, the way that you, you fight lies is you immerse yourself in truth. And so this is where scripture comes into play. This is where scripture becomes an anchor to your soul, an anchor to your thought life, uh, to present, you know, a sense of stability in your life. You know, and I gave this example on Sunday when I got up <clears throat> before Grant ministered. But, you know, there's two different types of flying. They have sight flying. Well, flying airplanes, they have sight flying. Then they also have instrument flying. Sight flying is when it's a beautiful day and it's sunny and it's nice and you can see. And you just fly according to your sights. But in the storm, in the wind, in the rain, in the clouds, when, when you can't see, they do instrument flying. And actually, instrument flying is more accurate than sight flying because the instruments uh, uh, are just more accurate than pilots' ability to see. And so there, there may be times in your life when you need to instrument fly and you need to, to, to go to Scripture and, and find out what reality is for you. You know, you, there may have a period of time in your life when you may, you may have sinned or you may have fallen, you made a mistake, and you don't feel righteous. You don't feel like you're right with God. You don't feel like you're loved by God. And those are feelings that you have. You know, and the enemy comes with fiery darts saying, you know, you're no good and God's mad at you and now you're not going to be blessed and now you're not going to fulfill your calling and look at you and you're just a failure. And so he comes with all these thoughts, and then he comes with all these emotions, and you don't feel feel like you're right with God. Well, in that period of time, you have to know there's a battle going on. Enemy's trying to hit your thoughts and emotions, and it's time to <clears throat> instrument fly. I need to go over, you know, into 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Uh, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. And recognize, no, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm not defined by my failure. I'm not defined by my mistake. I'm defined by my Savior. And I drop down to verse 21. He that knew no sin became sin, so that I might become the righteousness of God in him. And so now I start to go back to the truth of the Scripture, and which is contrary to the way I feel, contrary to the way I'm thinking, and I side with God's opinion of me. I side with what God has said about me. I say, no, no, no. Man, I feel like I'm right, right with God. Man, I feel righteous, but I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The cross was a success. There's no condemnation for me in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things are new right now. And so that is a battle. That is the fight of faith. Um, you know, and, and so my emotions may be going crazy. I may be feeling awful, but I can't allow... You know, we can't allow our lives to be defined by our mistakes. We can't allow our, life, our lives to be defined by our failures. We've got to, to make a decision to, to embrace God's truth, even when it's contrary to the way we feel. And that's why Scripture says we walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, 
um, it, uh, the, the substance of things not seen. And so, you know, my believing is more powerful than my feeling or even my thoughts. And so, um, and, and so we have to, to, to reorient ourselves into truth and into the reality of who we are and who God is. That's why scripture is so powerful. That's one of the reasons, I, one of the many reasons I think it's awful that people just attack the Bible. You know, you see ministries, you know, attacking scripture and saying it's uninspired and saying this and saying that. Man, if you, and what ends up happening to me is they, they remove the ability to stand on truth. You know, when all hell's breaking loose and their emotions are going crazy, what do they stand on? Well, they got to stand on the opinion of somebody else. they got to stand on the way that they feel. Um, they've got to stand on somebody else's book, you know. And, and to me, man, you, you completely remove your ability to really stand on truth. You don't honor the scripture um, as something that's inspired. Yes, it must be rightly divided. Yes, you have to understand what covenants you're under. Yes, it must be spirit and the truth. But at the end of the day, God has given you the sword of the spirit. And uh, all those pieces of the armor are representations of the truth that's present in scripture. And so we have to agree with what God says, not how we feel. And so, you know, the rubber meets the road aspect of, of the battle, and I'll read it to you. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. And so, you know, you can't punch the devil in the face as much as you might want to. I know that I have many times in my life, but that's not an option. But you do have weapons, uh, but they're just not carnal weapons. They're not physical weapons. They're not, they're not your fists. They're not... They're not a sword. They're not a gun. You know, you can't fight him like that, but there is a way you can fight him. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down the strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so bring everybody into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And so what we do is says casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, if you want to see, you know, kind of the proper way to handle a battle, uh, we have to take a look at Jesus. And, and you know, after he uh, was baptized in the River Jordan, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And then he was driven out into the wilderness, fasted for 40 days, 40 nights. And then the enemy came to tempt him. And so this is spiritual warfare. This is a battle. It's a battleground. And so the enemy comes, and the enemy, you know, brings all these, brings three different types of, of temptations to Jesus, and, and the way Jesus handles it is, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, get caught up in the way he feels. Um, he doesn't get caught up in even lo a line of logic or, or, or rhetoric to try to come against the enemy. No, he says, it is written, it is written, it is written. All three times he refuted the temptation with the statement of truth in Scripture, it is written. And so he took a promise of God out of the Scriptures fashioned it into the sword of the spirit. How did he do that? Well, he spoke it. He spoke it. Your words are so powerful. And when you're having a battle uh, in your emotions and in your thoughts, it's not time to sit in the corner and just think. It's not time to, to worry. It's not time to have pity parties. It's not time to say, oh me, oh me, oh my. Um, it's time to open your mouth like Jesus did and say what God has said. And that's what he did. He answered every temptation with scripture, with a word. 
You know, and I see some of you guys talking on here saying, you know, one of the scriptures that I use is, is your scripture. It's a scripture that you use, you know. And, uh, you know, there there may be scriptures that that uh, just arise out of your heart. You know, I was uh, uh, reading Psalm 91 today. No evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. He's given his angels charge over you. They shall bear you up, lest you dash your feet upon a stone. That's a powerful scripture that is true. And when you're when someone's dealing with fear, uh, you may be concerning this whole virus thing or fear concerning terrorism or fear concerning any type of evil out of their mouth is, you know, not not their emotions, not the way they feel, not their fear. No, no evil shall befall me. Neither shall any plague come, come near me. And so that is true. That's true spiritual battle. That's true. And so I cast down the thoughts that sickness or disease is coming. And I, I replace that thought with the word of God, which says no evil shall befall me. And so that is, that's the fight of faith. Um, now, one of the, and, and, you know, and really the primary portion of the fight of faith is believing that you're right with God through Jesus Christ, believing you're the righteousness of God. Because until you believe you're the righteousness of God, um, you know, your, your, your faith isn't going to be strong and robust because the enemy is going to be able to condemn you out of the promises of God. And, uh, and so it, that is really getting, getting your heart established in righteousness, getting your heart established in grace will, will give you the strength and the fortitude to say what God says about you. Because the reality is you have a right to protection, not because of your morality, um, not because of your profession, not because of your church attendance or your giving or anything that you've done. You have a right to God's promises because of the finished work of the cross. You've received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Now you're the righteousness of God. Now you have a right to protection. You have a right to healing. You have a right to provision. You have a right to wisdom. You know, we come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain help in time of need. And so that foundation of righteousness, really everything is built upon that. It's hard for me not to just start preaching on that, but that's not what we're preaching on. And and so, uh, but when the battle comes, when the fear comes, uh, don't answer it with a thought, man. Don't don't fight a thought with a thought. Now you guys speak, man. The Bible says, spirit of faith speaketh. You know, we the righteousness which is a faith speaks, and you know you don't have to make a big show, you know, and you don't have to be all loud and stuff like that. No, man, just just speak what God says about the situation, just like Jesus did. You know, Jesus didn't didn't use some special access, uh, you know, to the Father because you know, uh, you know that, that he was you know the Son of God. No, Jesus used the same scriptures that are given to you and I to show us this is how you fight your battles. Amen. This is how you do it. And so uh, we want to speak, and we want to cast down thoughts that are contrary. And then there, there's another there's another element uh, to this passage that I think is an important point to, to bring out. Uh, it says, you know, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not work according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Now, a stronghold is a thought pattern that you've had for an extended period of time that's a lie. You know, um, and, and the enemy really tries to develop those in us and even develop those, you know, in believers. You know, here, let me give you an example of, of, a, of a stronghold. You know, you're always going to be poor. You know, your father was poor. Your grandfather was poor. Your family's always poor. You're, you're going to be poor. Now, um, that's a lie. That's a stronghold of poverty. You know, God says that he owns the cattle in a thousand hills. God said he supplies your needs according to his riches and glory. God says that as you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added unto you. And so, you know, I know, you know, a stronghold of poverty could be in someone's mind. And it's a thought process 
This happens for extended periods of time to where it's actually developed into a stronghold. Uh, it's, it's an area where the enemy's trying to occupy your mind with that lie. You know, or another lie is, you know, you're an angry person, you've always been an angry person, you're going to stay an angry person, you're just an angry person, you know. Or, or you know, the stronghold that I used to deal with, you know, you're a drug addict, you'll always be a drug addict, that's who you are, you'll never get free. And that was a stronghold that, I, that had to be torn down with truth. And it took time. You know, you, you don't, you know, and when I think of a stronghold, I just kind of think of a castle that's been built, you know. And, you know, strongholds aren't built overnight. But many of us, you know, we, we grew up in, in situations and circumstances where we were around things and there were things that were passed to us by our parents. You know, my mother really struggled with fear. Big time. My mom was just a very, very fearful person. And, uh, and so, you know, and, and so as a result of that fear, I had really, I had a stronghold of fear as well that I had to really, you know, tear down and, and to realize, you know, that God perfect love casts out fear. God loves me and I don't have to be afraid. And um, there's all different types of, of strongholds. You know, I used to have a stronghold of pornography and lust. You know, that used to be a stronghold that was in my life. But thank God uh, because of the grace of God and because of the truth of God's word, uh, that stronghold has been, has been torn down as well. And so, you know, this battle, you know, the enemy uh, you know, he, he, he's, and a stronghold is simply a lie that we believe for an extended period of time. You know, and, you know, there's all types of strongholds. You know, you, you see someone who, who, you know, see a young lady who's, who's really a, a pretty girl, but she's always been told that she was ugly. You know, her, her father told her, her that she was ugly. Her boyfriend told her that she was ugly. Everyone told her she was ugly. Well, even though she's a pretty girl, in her mind, there's a stronghold of I'm, un, I'm unworthy, I'm ugly, or I'm dirty, you know. And so that, and, and this can be in a side of a born again person. Why? Because you know the victory uh, of being born again happens in your spirit, but your mind—it's a renewal process. You know, uh, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing your mind. And so that stronghold, she needs to tear that thing down. You know, people who get involved in you know anorexia and bulimia. You know, we see these people, they look in the mirror, and clearly they're not overweight. In fact, they're underweight. But because of that stronghold, uh, you know, that's been built, you know, by, by peer pressure and slander and things spoken over their lives and things that they believe, they still think they're overweight. They need to lose weight. They need to lose weight. Well, we've all seen extreme cases of that where someone's really almost wasted away and died as a result of that because that stronghold, uh, that lie has been placed in them so strong that they have difficulty getting free or getting out. You know, there's all different types of strongholds. There's that victim mentality stronghold. Of, you know, I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm a, and I'm a victim, and I'm always get hurt, and I always get used, and people always, you know, there, there's a million different strongholds. But, but God said, you know, you don't have to allow the enemy to occupy space in your mind through your thoughts. <clears throat> we got to tear him down. The way we tear them down is truth. The way we tear them down is the word of God. We hear preaching. Uh, we, we meditate and think on scriptures. We speak them out of our mouths, and we change the way we think. Because you got all of heaven's victory on the inside of you, but that victory has got to get through your soul, your mind, will, and your emotions in order for you to experience it outwardly. You know, no one's a drug addict in their spirit. You know, no one's addicted to pornography in their spirit. You know, no one, no one is, is, is fearful in their spirit. It's the soul. It's our, it's our emotions. It's our thought processes that, that have to be cleansed by the washing of the water of the word so that we can open the door of our mind, will emotions, and then the victory that's on the inside of us can come to the outside of us, and uh, we can allow that beautiful fruit 
of, of the spirit, the character of Jesus to flow in our lives, and people can actually see Jesus in us. These, these strongholds, man, they really try to block the glory of God. And, and I tell you, one of the main things that's extremely important is don't, don't feel ashamed of a stronghold. You know, don't, don't feel ashamed that, you know, you struggle, you know, with lying or struggle with fear or struggle with anger or struggle with lust or any of these things, man. Uh, you know, it's, you know, you may have had things happen to you when you were a child. You know, words that were spoken of you or circumstances that happened to you, and that stronghold was built without your permission. And uh, that's one of the reasons the enemy tries to attack young children so much because they don't really, they're, they're susceptible and they don't have the ability a lot of times to defend or even know what, what is truth just yet. And so a lot of times the enemy will really try to hit young people and try to get a wound or a stronghold established in them at a, a, a young age. Now, one of, one of my strongholds, another one of my strongholds I used to do was rejection. You know, I was rejected uh, by my father, and as a result of being rejected by my father, it just it made me overly sensitive to all forms of rejection. And so, man, I had, it, it, I had to work through that. I had to work through that, that you know, that rejection thing and, and, and find my value in the Lord and His love and His acceptance. You know, though my father and mother may forsake me, the Lord will take me up, you know. And, um, and so, uh, but, you know, the, the bottom line is, is there is a battle, and that battle is the mind, and, and, and ultimate victory is changing the way we think. And so, as you allow, you know, the Bible says, you know, in the book of Jeremiah, the Word of God is like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces. So I just get a, a visual of, you know, just the, the Word of God is a hammer just coming in and just, just tearing down those strongholds to where you see yourself the way God sees you. And you see God as he is, which is good and is loving. And as a result of that, um, you know, we put the enemy at bay. Because the enemy, you know, he doesn't really have any power. Any longer he's been stripped of all power. Uh, but what he does have is, is the ability to lie. And, you know, a lie has no power. But if you believe that lie, then it has power over you. And so what we want to do is we want to take in truth. Take in truth, take in truth, take in truth. And man, let that let that truth wash us clean and keep us clean. And uh, that's why Scripture is so important, man. That's why your Bible is so important. You know, uh, just take in truth, man. You know, we live in the information age, and we, we're reading news and seeing stuff all the time, and we don't know if it's right or wrong or if it's true or not. Not half the time. But I tell you, what is true is the Word of God, and uh, and it is true, and it's it's eternal, and it lasts forever. You know, and um, and so. Man, just develop some weapons, weapons of warfare, you know, and because uh, they're not carnal, but they're mighty. And they pull down strongholds because the truth is you are loved. You are accepted. Uh, you you are worthy. Uh, you are kind. You are loving. You are peaceful. You are good because he has made you good. Now, once again, I'm speaking uh, to believers when I say these things. If someone's not received Jesus as Lord and Savior, uh, you know, they're spiritually dead and they need the Lord. They need the Spirit of Christ, and they receive Jesus as Savior. But as a, as a believer, uh, man, you're part of the body of Christ. And now, you know, there, you know, I say this all the time: there's nothing wicked in Jesus, there's nothing twisted in Jesus, there's nothing bad in Jesus. Where are you? You are in Jesus. And so the Bible says in Philemon that our faith becomes effectual by acknowledging every good thing which is in us in Christ Jesus. And so it's time to stop beating ourselves up. It's time to stop. Uh, degrading ourselves. You know, religion taught us that degrading ourselves was spiritual, and that's actually not true. You're not a worm. You're not a bad person. Uh, you are a child of God, and you are accepted, and God chose you, and God loved you, and, um, and, and all these things that I'm saying, these are true things. Now, 
uh, and, and God wants to penetrate uh, your heart and, and wash your mind with that reality. You got to keep hearing it, man. Got to keep hearing it. You got to keep hearing it. You got to get established in your identity. You know, it's been a long time since I had an identity as a drug addict. You know, but but when I first got saved, I still fought like a drug addict. I still walked like a drug addict. I had all them strongholds in my mind. All them strongholds. The only way I can have fun is with drugs. The only way I can be happy is with drugs. The only way I can function is with drugs. Why? Well, I, I spent so many years like that. So after I got saved, I had a new spirit, but I didn't have a new mind. And I had to wash my mind. That's the importance of coming to church. That's the importance of community. That's the importance of fellowship. That's the importance of coming, what you're doing right now. Coming to a Bible study, man. Let truth break lies off of you and, and live in victory and, and live in, in freedom. Because that's what God has for you. But the level of freedom that you're going to be operating in is the level of truth that you're believing. You know, and the thing about truth is just because you got it solid and, and you believe in it doesn't mean the enemy won't try and come and steal it from you. How does he try to steal it? Well, through your emotions. You ever have a day where you just feel mad? You ever have a day where you just feel whatever, some type of temptation trying to come into your life? Well, what we have to recognize is that is not who you are, you know, and it's not, it, you know, and what the enemy will try to do is that temptation will come of that old lifestyle, that old behavior, whatever you came out of, and, and, and try to get you to identify with that and try to make you feel like God is mad at you. But the truth of the matter is it's you and God against the temptation, and you're standing together, and if you can... If you can look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, if you can behold him, if you can see him and, and recognize that you are in him and he is now your your identity, then uh, as you look into the, the word of God, which is a mirror, and it doesn't reflect you, it reflects Jesus back to you, then you won't forget who you are and you'll actually be a doer of the word and, and not a hearer only. You'll walk out the reality of your redemption in your actions and your behavior it's already present in your spirit. And so that is the battle, and that battle takes place in the mind. And so when the battle comes, you know, and then the other passage, think it not strange, this fiery trial, which is to try you. So when you had, you know, when we had, had a battle at church on Sunday, it was thick. It was a battle, man. And uh, those of you that came, you were aware of it. We talked about it. But I've been in this long enough to where I realized all these emotions, all of these thoughts, they're not me. They're not who I am. This is just the enemy. The enemy's upset, doesn't want the truth going forth, doesn't want the message going forth. And so we take you don't embrace that as your reality. You go back to scripture and you declare what God has said and you take a stand. And uh, and you see, because the, the, the beauty of this is the enemy cannot sustain an attack. You know, the battle may come, the attack may come, but it doesn't last forever. It has an expiration date. Every battle has an expiration date. If you hold fast to your identity, hold fast to who you are, hold fast to the promise, then eventually uh, the fiery darts will cease, and the Bible says that the fiery darts will be quenched uh, with the shield of faith. And all that shield of faith is is it's truth that you believe. You know, so when when the enemy tries to hit you um, with rejection, you know, uh, Steve said I was adopted as an infant and fought rejection issues too. You know. And so, you know, I know what rejection feels like, you know, and, I, and clearly he does too. And so what the enemy will try to do is he'll, he'll try to he'll try to rip open that wound, you know, through a thought, through emotion, uh, maybe through an interaction with another person. And he'll try to, 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 to stir up that what was once a stronghold and try to rebuild that thing. And, uh, you know, we, we just we just have to 
uh, take a stand against it and not allow it to become our reality. And, and also, don't take it personal when, when the battle comes, you know. Think it not strange, this fire and trial, which is the trial, which the same thing is happening to your brother. You know, it's not just you. Other people are dealing with this. And I also think that's why it's important to talk about it. And I did. I talked about it in church, you know. I said, look, you know, I mean, once we got after, I was like, man, there's a battle going on. Just be at peace. You know, it's going to pass. You know, take a stand. You know, I, I checked on a few people this morning when I got up to make sure that they were okay and to remind them that this, it's, you know, it's not them. It's just the enemy. And I think if you can recognize the battlefield, a, a lot of times that's, that's half the battle right there. Uh, you know, when you recognize that your emotions and your thoughts, it's not actually you or who you are. You know, I think a great example of this is, you know, when uh, there was a, a war back in the day, I think it was the French and Indian War, the Revolutionary War, I don't know. But back in the day, you know, the British Army, they would say, all right, we're going to fight. And they would all go to the battlefield and they would line up and these other people would line up and everybody would, would uh, you know, just shoot each other until the last man standing won. And, uh, and so that's how they had battle. Well, the, in the French and Indian War, the, the French and Indians were like, well, that's dumb. I'm not going to reveal you know, my y'all can line up and I'll, I'll hide behind a rock in the woods and just pick you guys off. And the British realized these guys don't fight the way we fight. They fight different. And they had to change the way that they fought. Uh, because, the, you know, the British thought is, like, this is our battlefield and we're going to fight here. And the French and Indians were like, oh, we're just going to shoot you from behind the mountain. And, um, and so I say all that to say this, when you know where the battlefield is, when the battle rages, and I'm talking about your mind, um, you don't take it personal, and and you and you, and you recognize the, the way I feel is not my reality, right? My emotions, not my reality, you know. And uh, and you know, and it was and the, the whole thing was trying to hit my family yesterday, you know. And so there was some strife that was trying to erupt, and emotions and all that, and so. I'm over here realizing it's not the people that are involved, it's the enemy. And so I'm going around uh, really just trying to be a peacemaker, trying to, you know, because what happens is when it, when it tries to hit a group of people, it tries to get everybody fighting each other, coming against each other. The enemy always brings um, division, and that's how uh, he likes to divide and conquer. And so when you recognize, even though I feel like this, this is not who I am. Your feelings are not the greatest determiners of reality. You know, and even even your thought life, you know, when the, when the fear thoughts are coming or the anger thoughts are coming or lust thoughts are coming or, um, you know, uh, you know, just any temptation thoughts coming, whatever. Um, these are not you. These are not who you are. You're a born again child of God. You're the righteousness of God. And it's so important to identify uh, with who you are in Christ and not all these things uh, that you're dealing with. And so I just want to encourage you in that. And uh, it's important to understand that. And so if you don't know where the battlefield is, then then we kind of reverse this thing. First Peter chapter 5, verse 10 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So if I don't know all these things that I'm teaching you, when my emotions go crazy, I think it's me. And I think there's something wrong with me. Right? And then these thoughts come, I start thinking, well, these are my thoughts. You have to understand, every thought that comes into your mind is not your thought. The Bible says the enemy and the fiery darts are the wicked one. <clears throat> the enemy can shoot little thoughts. You know, how do you think the enemy, you know, talked to Judas into betraying Jesus? Well, there was a series of thoughts that were entertained. You know, how, <clears throat> how do you think, 
you know, the enemy brings someone into a place of murder or brings someone into a place of adultery or brings someone into a place of, you know, stealing and embezzling funds. It's a series of temptations. It's a series of thoughts that, that were not cast down, that were not taken authority over, and these thoughts stayed and ruminated. And, um, and what ended up happening was those thoughts eventually conceived and produced action on what someone was thinking about. Someone doesn't just wake up someday and murder somebody. Someone doesn't, just doesn't wake up someday and leave their spouse. No, something that's thought on is something that's meditated on. And if you can gird your loins with truth, and that, that's one of the things that says, gird up the loins of your mind. You know, don't let your mind run crazy. Don't let your thoughts run crazy. The Bible says thoughts of the righteous are right. And when your thoughts start going crazy, it's time to pull them in. Because the thing about it is, because we live in a fallen world and this world is crazy, there's going to be times when thoughts try to come. And your mind starts trying to stray and think of, maybe think about worry and fear and failure, or maybe think about temptation or, or whatever. And it's time to gird up the loins of your mind. Don't tolerate that. You can't stop, you know, the bird from flying over your head, but you can stop the bird from making a nest in your hair, so to speak. And, and so the thoughts may come, but it's your choice what you focus on. That is your choice. Um, you choose if you're going to sit and meditate and worry and fear, um, or you're going to make a decision to trust in God's love and trust in his promises and say what God has said about the situation. That's your choice. You have the ability to choose what you focus on. You know, and, and, uh, and I think I shared something about this earlier today, but, you know, focus is at a, is, there's a real focus famine in the earth right now because of all the, technology and all the stuff that's surrounding us you know we have the entire world at our fingertips on our phone and i think people have lost in some ways lost the art of, of the ability to just focus on something and uh but but claim that back you know you have the ability you choose what you focus on and so when, when the enemy comes and, and when you know the, the the emotions come and the thoughts come man focus on the lord you know focus on jesus you know and it may be a time to put on some worship on something. And uh, that's what God says about because you can't think on something different than what you're speaking about, you know. I can't worry, uh, you know, about protection and say, and, and at the same time say, no evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. And there are times when you take a stand and there's a battle. And, uh, and, and it's okay, you know, and fight that battle, man. But on the other side, there's always blessings. It's one of the things I've, I've noticed about the kingdom is when the enemy comes uh, on the other side of that battle, man, there's, there's just always promotion. There's always blessing. And so you kind of start to get to a place where, you know, you almost, you, you, you count it all joy uh, when diverse trials and temptations come, you know, because you recognize here comes the enemy. And the reason the enemy's coming is because he's upset and clearly um, must be doing something right. And, uh, and there's spoil on the other side of that, you know, and, and the example I think of that comes out of the Old Testament is Ziglag, you know, when David, uh, during, during Ziglag, when the enemy came and basically spoiled David and took all the women and children and all their supplies and, you know, and it was just a horrible, awful moment, but David didn't lay down and take it. He went to the Lord and said, what do we do? And the Lord said, go pursue, overtake them and recover all. Well, when he did that, not only did he get back what was stolen, he actually got back a ton of other stuff, and that was a financial turning point 
in David's life. He said, hey, I'm going to prepare gifts and send it for all the people that took care of me when I was broke. And uh, from that point on, David just continually increased. But there was a major, major setback in battle uh, that really tried to take him out and destroy his life and destroy his ministry. But rather than laying down and allowing it to happen, he took a stand and he fought and he stood on the promises of God. And as a result, there was great spoil. There was great blessing on the other side. And so, you know, when you make a decision to know that battlefield and to recognize that your emotions don't, are, don't determine your reality, even your thought processes don't determine your reality, but truth determines your reality, it really empowers you to take a stand. And it also empowers you to be more consistent, you know, because if your emotions are your primary guide, uh, good day, bad day, good day, bad day, good day, bad day, right? But when I can fly with the instruments, when I realize, oh, it's cloudy, there's oppression out, I can't fly according to the way I feel, I got to go to the instruments, I got to go to scripture, I'm going to have to fly this way. And then you come out of the clouds, and there's always blessing on the other side. And then over time, man, you know, you just start to develop some experience in it. And, you know, and, and as a result, uh, you just start getting a little better at it. You start, you start realizing, man, I may feel like this, but this isn't who I am. And, uh, and so that's, it's key, man. And it's a part of growing up and it's a part of uh, spiritual maturity. And, uh, and so, yeah, yeah. Amen. So anyway, just wanted to share that with you guys and, uh, wanted to make you aware of that. And, uh, and in closing, I'll, I'll take a few moments here. Does anyone have any questions uh, or statements concerning uh, what I have shared? Just want to give people an opportunity uh, to maybe keep you know some feedback. But uh, it's important, very important to know uh, that your emotions and your thoughts they don't they don't define you, man. Teresa says our emotions can physically affect us too. I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. A lot of, a lot of uh, even you know physical ailment and you know what what the world would call psychosomatic. You know you're 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 experiencing things. You know your emotions and your mind, and it has impact on your physical body as well. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So glad you guys enjoyed it. So glad you guys enjoyed it. This is a teaching I do. I do on the regular. You know, I a lot of the car videos and stuff I do, I address this every once in a while because sometimes the atmosphere just gets all mucky. It gets weird, you know. And um, and man, you just it's time to fly. It's time to, to to instrument fly. You know, fly according to truth. You know. Amen. Yeah. Uh, Steve said Hollywood can cause every emotion on demand in two hours. We cannot live by emotions. Yeah, it's so important. Your emotions are not your dominating. Not the dominating factor in your life. Now, I also, you know, I, I come from a background where they really kind of belittled emotions, and uh, and I don't agree with that. God's emotional. God has emotions. You know, we see it in Scripture. So emotions are good. They're not bad. They are the spice of life. You know, we're not asking folks to walk through like an automaton or a robot or Spock. Um, no, emotions are good, man. It, it's good to feel, you know, but it's just important to understand that uh, we can't live by it. It's like Steve was just sharing. We can't live by our emotions, man. And um, it's, it's important to, to live according to truth. There are times where you have to walk by faith and not by sight. Walk by the way, the truth, and not by the way you feel, you know. Because there are times when you're feeling something and it's actually not happening. You can feel like people are rejecting you and, you know, talking bad about you and all this. And really, it's just something that it's an internal battle that's going on in you and it's actually not happening around you at all. Uh, that's one of the things that a stronghold will do is it will try to kind of warp your reality. 
um, and you, the way you perceive things is not really the way things actually are. And I'll say this, I do, offense does that big time. Uh, when someone gets into a, a place of being offended, uh, you know, the Bible says the offended man is hard to be, it's like the, the bars of a, of a jail cell, the offense is, you know, it, it literally puts someone behind these bars and, uh, and it's hard to reach somebody when they're like that because everything you say can be twisted. You know, you're just trying to be nice, but what they're seeing, because of that offense that's present in their heart, they, they hear they hear you being a smart aleck or you being a jerk or whatever. You know, I think a lot of our, our challenges in life really are miscommunication. You know, if, if, I think if communication was perfect globally, uh, then there really if communication was perfect, then there would have never been a fall. There would have never been a fall, the fall of man. You know, the Bible says that, you know, that, that um, Eve was deceived and Adam was not. Adam knew what was going on. He just went ahead and did it. I feel like if Adam had effectively conveyed to Eve uh, what needed to be conveyed, then maybe the fall of man would have never happened. I know that's conjecture. We don't know for sure. But when, but the enemy works overtime in miscommunication. That's why social media is a very poor format uh, for communication and certainly for talking about uh, topics that are, are, are sensitive and um, are, are uh, you know, just, it's, it's not the greatest place because you don't know the tone of somebody saying something. You don't know how they're saying it. And then you also have a public stage. And so, man, they're, you know, it's hashing out doctrinal debates, in my opinion, is generally speaking, not best done on social media. Political debates, not best done on social media. Um, social media is a great thing. I mean, and, but at the same time, it's a two-edged sword. But there's a great opportunity for miscommunication. And a lot of times the reason that people are fighting or people are arguing is because they think someone's saying this and then that person thinks that they're saying that and the enemy's right there in the middle twisting everything, making everybody offended, making everybody angry at each other. And um, and so, you know, it's um, it's a poor form of, of communication. You know, and there, there are sometimes when there are people I just say, look, man, if you want to talk, I'll talk. I would love to talk to you. Let's talk. We'll talk on the phone. Ideally, we'll meet in person. Uh, but social media not not always not always the best because the enemy can just say you know he can do what he does so anyway um, so yeah so yeah so okay cool so looks like we're good doesn't no one seems to have any questions or anything people just kind of making statements and thank you guys for joining in God bless y'all uh, hope you enjoyed it and I'll just take a moment and pray for all of us Father just thank you for everybody watching now and in the future that that, that you would help by your spirit help them understand that where the battlefield is, Lord, and not to take it personal and not take it strange, but to take a stand for truth, Lord. And I thank you for that. I thank you for that. This battle passes, and spoil and blessings are on the other side, and Lord, we thank you for that. Thank you for that. I think you help people to stay in a place of community, Lord, just being with each other, Lord, whether that's online or in person, and giving each other an opportunity to, to help each other, to recognize that they're not alone, and they're not alone in the battle, and they're not alone in what they're going through. Thank you. We stay together. One flock, Lord, one shepherd. You are king, Lord, and uh, we, we love each other and we help each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. God bless you guys. Thank you for joining in.